Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. September's flying by. We're already halfway through September. It makes no sense. We wait all year for this time of the year to get here, and it just flies by. We hope that you're getting out there and that you're having some success. We've got great sponsors on this podcast. Basically, anything that you need to waterfowl hunt in, we've got a sponsor for. So, this podcast is brought to you by the one and only Pacific Calls. The boys up there have got it going on. They've got the PCD, which I believe is the best duck call. Out on the market right now, the single reed is a screamer and uh, never gets old. They're also redesigning the 206, making it a little bit more user-friendly, and it's not going to sacrifice anything. still has that great sound, and if you're a big boy hunter, uh, the 509 would be my recommendation to you. You can check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com, and you can use the promo code BHP25, saves you 25% off at checkout. This podcast is also brought to you by Shin Gear Waiters. Listen. They've got a promise to you that they will stand behind their waders as long as you stand in them. It is made out of durable nylon. They're not doing this polyester or anything like that. They're making a, a wader that can take a beating. And if something happens and you do spring a leak, you can send it back to them and they'll get it right back to you in a timely manner. So check them out, shingear.com, and uh, you can... Get your waiters ordered and get them over to your house before the season starts. Like I said, with that kind of guarantee, why wouldn't you buy it? Shingear.com. We're also brought to you by the one and only Dive Bomb Industries, the best silhouette on the market that you can buy, bar none, divebombindustries.com. And they're so much more than just a decoy company. They got bags out. They've got clothes out, jackets. Uh, floaters are in the are in the uh, mix now. They've got teal floaters, mallard floaters, goose floaters, you name it. Dive Bomb is becoming a one-stop shop for your decoy needs. But they're still the biggest decoy maker on the planet. Um, they've got everything that you're going to need, from snows to Canada's to specs. And I always say get the flocked head. Spend a little bit extra. It adds that contrast out in your spread. And, uh, you know. You won't regret it. So check them out at divebombindustries.com and get skinny for 2021. Also, we're brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth is back in style. All it takes is one. It hits like a freight train, and it's all made in America. Now, listen, because Joe Biden and COVID and all this other bullshit, shotgun shells are going to get scarce at the end of the year. You're hearing it now. Get your shotgun shells ordered for this hunting season because if you wait until the last minute – there might not be a lot to pick from. So go to BossShotShells.com right now and get what you're going to need. Don't get more than what you're going to need, but get about what you think that you're going to need. Uh, because powder's getting hard to find. The holes are getting hard to find. Do not wait until the last minute to get shotgun shells because you're going to be shit out of luck. So go check them out at BossShotShells.com. That's not even close to being far. You're not even, I don't even know the word. You can't reiterate enough how I'm, bad if I'm you want not, shells. Uh, what is it? Panic? No, not create at all. trying to create panic. No, if you're if you're gonna waterfowl hunt this year, you better buy your guns. You should you should have bought your ammo yesterday. It's that dire. I've seen so many people put places they can't find stuff, and I've noticed a lot of people are talking about they're having to buy twenty gauges. Right. There's no so. twelve gauges almost anymore. So if you want shells, you better buy them now. Don't wait till the last minute. And if you're going snow goose hunting <laughs> in February and March, better learn how to shoot a wiffle bow or something. <laughs> 
BossShotShells.com. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners, if you're going to field hunt, we've always been a big proponent of using spinners out in the field. Uh, they've got a big boy dog crate out there. So if you've got a plus-size dog like my boy Lou, they got a kennel for you. It is five-star crash test rated. Put them back there. Strap them down. You're not going to have to worry about Fido whenever you're going 70 down the highway. Um, spinners are top-notch. They're waterproof. So if you have an uh-oh on a, on a body of water, pick it up, shake it off, get it going again. Dry it out, and you'll be set and ready to go. Check them out at LuckyDuck.com and, um, you know, get whatever you're going to need. Also, they got the best A-frame that's on the market, the 2 by 4 Four grown men, packs up nice and neat, and uh, you don't have to fuck around anymore. Brush it once and be done with it. And put your dog in that crate. Yes, put them in there. LuckyDuck.com. Also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't the duck. That's how I start my morning every day out here at the Big Honker Lodge. And if you walk through our breakfast line, that is how you're going to start your morning too. Uh, Dirty Duck, they're made here right here in Texas. Uh, They're introducing new blends to the lineup almost monthly they've got a missouri boat ride blend that is very very delicious they've got the high velocity which i like because really gets my engine roaring uh dirty duck coffee and uh you can taste the difference so no more shitty coffee early in the morning go get dirty duck and uh just be done with it dirtyduck.com we're also brought to you by gundog outdoors take care of your four-legged friend they've got a field trauma kit if you're going out into the field this year you need to get the field trauma kit Put it in your bag. Get another one for your pickup. You never know when tragedy is going to strike, and you need to be prepared. So get the field trauma kit from Gundog Outdoors. They've also got, uh, listen, Lou, he's not, the, he's not the most polished dog in the world. He likes to go when the guns go off. So I put the quick release system on him. That way he is right where I think he's going to be at all times when I'm ready to send him. Pull the little chain, quick release, lets him go out, do what he needs to do. Uh, they, they're They've got new bumpers out, so if you're in the middle of training your dog, their bumpers are very nice, have a soft feel, not going to hurt your dog's not going to hurt your dog's teeth if he comes barreling in and whacks the bumper. So, Gundog Outdoors has got it going on and they've got everything that you're going to need for your four-legged hunting buddy. Also, we're brought to you by the boys over at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, Logan Pyatt, Jeff's twin brother, right? Well, identical twin. Identical twin. We don't act the same, but we look the same. Mr. Juicy himself. And Rebel, y'all put enough pressure on them. You can uh, donate to their Patreon site, and you can get uh, their their bourbon review, and uh, you can hear all the debauchery going on. Lots of debauchery. Lots of debauchery. Hopefully some of that debauchery comes out here opening weekend of Duff season. I hope so. He says, he says he's going to try to make it happen. But uh, to listen to those guys, you donate to their Patreon site. I think it's five or six bucks a month, and uh, you get their entire – uh, podcast history. So I highly recommend you checking that out if you're red blooded bourbon drinking American. Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Home of the illustrious potate, the uh, honorable Fezware Shriner himself, Logan <laughs> Pyatt. Uh, we're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers. Matt Peel, uh, listen, he's a world class dog trainer. No problem, too big or too small. You can send your pup up to him and uh, they'll do the dirty work for you. They'll actually housebreak that little bastard. So my hat's off to him for that. And uh, I tell you what, he's on a circuit right now. He's going to all the field trials, the, the hunt, and tri- hunt test, and he's just he's raking it up right now. I don't know how he does it. There's no telling how many miles he's put on his pickup, but uh, 
He's got it going on. He's all of his hard work is is paying off. So, if you want to pick his brain, you can follow you can follow them on Instagram, Goose Creek Retrievers. Uh, he's one of the best dog trainers that's out there right now. I mean, it's not even close. You just look at the body of work that he has; it's impressive. That's at Goose Creek Retrievers. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Mr. Brandon Bing has made a delicious whiskey that I have enjoyed all summer long. I make my whiskey sours out of it. Check them out if they're at your uh, local liquor store, Bangtail Whiskey. It is a, it's a very good whiskey, and I cannot recommend it enough. So go check them out, bangtailwhiskey.com. We're also brought to you by EyeSight Drone Service. There's no problem too big or too small for EyeSight Drone Service. They send a drone up in the air. They can survey your land. If you've got uh, a teal hole or anything like that, you want to know how much water it's holding or, you know, any of that good stuff, contact the guys over at EyeSight Drone Service, and they can give you an accurate uh, representation of your land. In today's world, it's the most important thing you can do. I mean, they can do anything you need to do. They can fly over your cattle. They can do a game check for you. They can check your property to see if you've got any kind of oil field damage, uh, storm control, anything. Drones are the way to go. It makes life so much simpler. Contact the guys at EyeSight Drones. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We've got any weekends, or is it all weekdays at this point? What on? Just anything. I've got, are we talking about dove hunting? Anything. I've got some dove hunting in October open. I've got some waterfowl hunts. I've got waterfowl hunts all three months of open. Not tons of days, but I do have days I can work in. If you got small groups, I can get you in, because we've combined them with some other small groups. If you got some big corporate stuff, I still have room available. So the COVID, we've lost some customers with COVID. I've had some openings on our calendar come up. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen everywhere, and everybody's going through it. If you've got a last-minute deal, you're sitting there, and you're saying, hey, we want to try to go hunt next weekend, call Fat Jeff and see if he can get you in, because I bet you I'll try. I'll try my best if we got anything open. 940-658-3172, or you can email goose at westtex.net. Thank you for listening. Okay, boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Chris Kaiser from the great state of Oklahoma. He works for the FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, he is also a public land hunter up there in Oklahoma, and rumor is he is a duck-killing machine. So uh, this was a very fun podcast. He's a very fun individual to talk to, very knowledgeable about uh, duck hunting. It was an honor to talk to him. We hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Chris Kaiser. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast from the free state of Texas. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. Our me. Get- Go ahead. That's me. Yep. No, that's World-famous, that's right. With us today from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mr. Chris Kaiser. Chris, how are you doing, sir? Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm blessed to be a part. Honored that you guys would invite me to be with you. Well, I already screwed up the intro. I forgot to say this is brought by Dirty Duck Coffee. Oh, 
If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. I do it every. I, it doesn't matter what we do. I thought uh, I thought you did a good job, and then you pointed out your flaws. Well, that was a flaw of mine. Part of it. You got to always remember our sponsors. Got to do it. And it's good coffee. We have a lot of coffee been served here in the last two weeks dove season. Chris, let me tell you how we got a hold of you. Oh, great! I want to hear this. I want. I wondered. I was like, wonder how they heard about me. I had a guy in my office sitting here. We were visiting, shooting the shit, and hunts with us. Yep. And he said, I met a guy that on the side of the road that duck hunts. It kills a lot of ducks in Oklahoma. He said, you're a very good duck hunter. And he said, he told me he listens to the podcast. And I told him, hell, I know them guys. I hunt with them all the time. Yeah. It was uh, Lawson. Was Lawson. it Stephen yep. Lawson? Stephen yeah. Lawson. That's right. Yeah, I think he brings a corporate group down there, doesn't he? Just, or? just left. Left today. Okay. Today. Good dudes. Good dudes. Uh they know a couple guys that I work with on staff with FCA, so and I've run into them a bunch. Like you said, I, I see them down there. They're pretty hardcore too. So we pass each other on the highway. We we trade paint and all that stuff. Going down the, uh, that public waterfowl grind is a little bit different, but yeah, they're good dudes. And we, well, I did. I remember talking to him one time, and I was, I think I was bragging about you all and your podcast and just the good information and. He's like, no way. I go down there. I hunt with those guys a lot. And so, anyway, good stuff. Yeah, his son Chad. Chad bought two two goose calls while he was here. He did. Oh, yeah. He did. Oh, yeah. Chad, Chad yeah. I've tried to get Chad to come to work for us. I'd like to have him as an intern here for one winter. He'd be fun to have. He's yeah, fun he's to jack with. <laughs> well, I can imagine. They're from Coweta, I think. Yeah, I think, think so. And uh, that's where they're, they're from, I think. That's where his kids go to school and we work with all the high schools, you know, with FCA and Kuwait is three and zero right now. They're doing pretty good on the football field. So, anyway, now, good dudes. Where Kuwait? Where, where's the place that the spaceship is crashed in the side of the ditch up there? Ooh, God, Talala, Talala. They're well. That you're seeing that picture or whatever. No, I've they, seen it before. I was tornado, tornado chasing, chasing one day, and I come driving around a corner going about seventy miles an hour, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And then I look at my buddy, and he's like, what the shit? Did we miss something? I said, no, that's freaking NASA capsule. It <laughs> it's actually a, the, the old part of a, a concrete truck. Yes. That has fallen off the side of the road, and now it's become this icon. Like, only in Oklahoma, we're going to leave it there. We're going to paint it every year, <laughs> put something on it. And uh, it's now that's a really good duck hunting lake, too, up there at Uligaw. So you were just trying to cut a county line road, probably, chasing a toward a nader yes so. i was we were on one and we got there and we couldn't get to it but but i did i come around that bend and i was like what the hell is that and we got stopped and we got up and looked started checking their phones yeah checking like, twitter to see if anything big happened crashed or it something does, no it will get you it looks like that's a dead gum you know space capsule <laughs> just sitting right there and you know it's been painted up three or four i don't know a lot of different ways you know one time was american flag so Anyway, yeah, it's pretty cool. That had Na it had NASA road on it, and they had the yeah. dirt across the street where it was like it had slid across the highway. And I was like, damn, that could have wiped us out. <laughs> I was like, shit. And we we're both big old fat boys too. It hurt us. Yeah, only in Oklahoma, man. You go get get something like that. So that would have been funny if they'd have been like Joe Dirt when it, you know he knocks the thing off and it's full of shit and poop comes everywhere <laughs> off of him. That would have been awesome. Exactly. I know right where you're top driven by there a bunch of times. Now, so. how old are you, Chris? I'm 55. So and I'm just a little bit older than you, I think. You played football at Tulsa. Yep. I know uh, a guy eight. I know a guy that played football at Tulsa about the same time. David Thompson. David Thompson from uh, Wichita Falls Rider. 
And what he position? Play, I think he was a defensive tackle or offensive tackle. Yeah, I, uh, vaguely. Yeah, 84 to 89 is when I played, and then I was a graduate assistant on staff through 93. I so. think he was there in 86 is when we graduated. And I'm okay. pretty sure he went to Tulsa. He went to Ryder, but I think he went to Tulsa and played ball. And then yeah. y'all had a big-time recruit out of Ryder, Shavrodrick Beaver, the quarterback. He turned down yep. Michigan exactly. to go to Tulsa, and he kind of fizzled out. Fizzled out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, you guys, every once in a while, put some some good players out there. You know, I know James Washington's from you, from your area, and, dude, he's a stud. Class I mean, act, too. Yeah, great dude. I mean, I – Worked well. I didn't. I don't want to say I worked with him, but I, you know, we're, we've got a great FCA program at Oklahoma State, and and he was always around. And uh, I knew he loved the outdoors too. So g- good dude, man. It's cool to have. Him. It's cool that you guys have him back, and uh, you know, hunt with him, or and then have him on the podcast too. So he's a humble that, individual. Yeah, he certainly is. Yeah, and you know, he's a freak in regards to just athletic ability and. It's good that he's hit it good, you know, doing well. So. I hope I hope he gets to sign with the team next year. He's going to be a free agent after this year, yeah. and somebody's going to sign him because they've underutilized him there. He yeah. could go somewhere and be a big-time football player if they would just give him the chance. Absolutely. I mean, I I saw him. He, you saw it. Too. He catches anything, and in, in, in his wingspan, he's going to catch it. Mm-hmm. If you just get it in that window somewhere, he's, he's going to get it. So, Imagine him playing Class 2A football in Texas. Oh, he tore people up, didn't he? Oh, dominated right. games. And on a Dude. team full of good athletes. He wasn't the only good athlete. Another, the quarterback on that team is a kid named Hagen Hutchinson, and he was Midwestern starting quarterback. Right, right. They won state two. They went to three state championship games, and they won two. <laughs> Defensive coordinator's nightmare. And I, I bet he played both ways, too, didn't he? Yeah, he so. took a pick six back in the um, – in, the, Super, he, in state. the state championship game, he caught a ball, and the coaches were hollering, lay down, lay down. He said, hell no, I'm taking this to the house. <laughs> no, see, you get a gamer, man, you get an athlete like that, he ain't laying down. <laughs> I'm going to the house. So, that's he, pretty awful. Awesome. I, I need to race him. You do what? I, I need to race him. Just settle oh, the score once whatever. and for all. <laughs> so. uh, you'd talk shit you'd make yourself convinced you're gonna beat him till you get embarrassed <laughs> andy did that with one of our teachers in town she 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 was a uh a swim a rant swam yeah in college andy talked shit andy can't swim his way <laughs> andy has trouble in a wading pool but he raced this lady in a race and she she of course she toasted him oh yeah i had had a couple cocktails and I proceeded to tell her that swimming was not a real sport because right. there, you don't play defense. So, you know, technically it's not a sport and that, uh, you know, a monkey can swim. A lot of, lot of animals, a lot dumber than us can swim. And uh, just talked in, got, talked into, <laughs> got talked into racing. And, and uh, the morning of the race, um, her husband texted over, all of the banners that her name is on at McMurray. <laughs> so you already had met, you were trying to get mentally focused. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it's here. not only is her name on like a banner, but like she's got all of the records at McMurray for the McMurray swim team. So I bit off more than I could chew that day. Well, if you can get yeah. beat by a girl, at least get beat by a good one. Yeah. Well, you go on a foot race with James Washington and you think you only think you're world famous right now. You that will be real world famous. <laughs> Andy couldn't even win a, a foot race at our house Christmas morning with his brothers. 
<laughs> so he is not going to. Jeff, I rise to the occasion. I could only imagine, man. A lot of competition. So <clears throat> you, you're duck hunting. You're, you're public hunting? Yes. All, all my life, all my career. 40 years of it, 41 years of it, something like that. I, I don't want to count anymore. Do you, wear, do, you wear, do you hunt out of waders every day? I do. I laugh at Andy. God bless you. Man, dude, he, he, he hates water hunts and he hates waders, and that's all we do. So you would not like what we do. So uh, I had to wear waders this morning. I hated every bit of it. I bet you did. I laugh at that. And you got a following of guys that laugh too, but – we're just part of it. We're used to it. I'm a fat guy, so it's hard to find waiters for me. So, that uh, boy, that's the truth. Waiters are not being fat sucks. It does. Yeah. There is nothing good about being fat. But you can't go to amusement park. You can't ride on an airplane, and you can't wear <laughs> that's waiters. So, that's so true. You, you know, there's there's motivation right there to to get some pounds off. So. I found a site uh, called big, BigCamo.com, man. That old boy, he'll backorder stuff and get these big waders, and he's put me in some waders the last couple seasons, so uh, I like to do. He'll he'll write you right back, you know, cust- customer service, and tell me how they fit, how they work, and so, and it's all the, you know, it's, brand, it's the banded gear and the Drake gear and all the, you know, somehow he has an end where he can get them to make up some big stuff. That, that's an important thing because I'm telling you right now, at the lodge, <clears throat> I see a lot of fat asses. I'm not going to lie. We, a lot. Every group's got one. We posted a picture up of this. I called him Ginger from Missouri. He was wearing a medium shirt. His old belly hanging out and shit. You know? He looked like a ruptured sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And uh, Well, they're they a good group of guys, but uh, the, we see a lot of Rattown men. And it's yeah. it's no fun to buy stuff like that, and I no. sell a lot of four X, five X, and three X T shirts. Right. Well, I give FCA a, a real hard time because they go up to about three X, and I'm a four X, and they'll just hand you a two or three X like you're supposed to wear that. And it, <laughs> it usually either goes right in the goodwill pile or in the trash can. It's like, <laughs> dude, order something that fits me. Start so. start saving that stuff because. I have went back to the back of my closets and been pulling out clothes and all my fat clothes I've been giving away. Yeah. And I've been having to go back, and I'm thankful that I've got a bunch of good hunting stuff that I've kept over the years. Yep. So I have stuff to wear. But yep. I am not wanting to put no waders on. Oh, I hear you. No, it's not a fun deal. It's I I actually uh, lose my cool about every morning. It, my <laughs> kids know because I hunt with my boys a bunch. That's the most hated part of the day is getting the waders on. I'm like, man, <laughs> But it's like a big accomplishment. I get those on. Hey, we're ready to roll. Anything else that happens is is icing on the cake. You know, we're good. So, <laughs> you ever pulled a chest muscle trying to put them on? <laughs> no, I haven't done that. That's that's. I need to. Yeah, I haven't done that. So. I watched my dad dislocate a rib one time trying to put them on. He was so <laughs> pissed off. He's cussing and fighting mad. And oh, I hate being fat. <laughs> then you go to breakfast and he orders biscuits and gravy and four eggs yeah, over greasy fine. and yeah. I would have loved to met your dad, man. Just listening to your podcast, and I, I kind of tuned in about the time uh, he, he was leaving the earth, and and listening to how you guys honored him, and then, but just his stories and what you guys have done is that's it's really caught my attention, and, and uh, keep doing that. So. Well, I appreciate it. Ed's sitting right here with us right now. I got my hand on him. We've got a hey man. Those boss shot shells. Is that what you're talking? No, about? No, I've got a goose, John Kishnisky. I'm sure I said that name wrong. Guarantee you. Uh, carved for us it's a hollowed out canada goose and dad's ashes are inside of it yep and it's sitting on the table right now between me and andy 
sets it on sits on all the hunts or on this, and he's going to go goose hunting some with Andy this year. And then yeah. we've got seven cases of Boss shotgun shells with Dad in them. Evidently, That's we awesome. took way more Ron to Michigan <clears throat> than we needed to, so we got seven <laughs> cases to, to shoot through. You know, uh, you're taking it all away. You want to make sure you got enough, but shit, yeah. I guess we took way too much. So there's seven cases of. The kids and grandkids are going to be using them now. So Yeah, I've given some friends of dad's. I've given them a couple of shells. One guy's like, oh, can I have a box? I was like, hell no. I said, I want my grandkids' grandkids to shoot these one day. I said, exactly. you know, you can put it in your pocket and not shoot it, or you can shoot it. Just don't miss. Did you, right, did you right. get Barber some? No, nah, he forgot all about it. I'll see Steve Barber a bunch. <clears throat> well, that's true, too. Yeah. So what do you do with the uh, FCA? Well, uh, I'm, a, I'm the area director. I'm actually called the multi-area director now in northern Oklahoma. So I have all of north Oklahoma. Uh, I've been doing it for about two years now in that role. And so I manage our staff across north Oklahoma. I go all the way out to the Panhandle, Guymon, Boise City, uh, just hired a gal out in Turpin, uh, Oklahoma, Enid. That's all my region. So um I've always been in Tulsa and I've been the area director in Tulsa for about 20 years. And so, and just started in the field doing the frontline work, uh, visiting schools, coaches, athletes, helping the huddles, the campus ministries happen and just have, you know, stuck around long enough. I'm one of the last guys standing in Oklahoma in regards to 30, 30 years on staff. So, um, but now, you know, we have 11 people here in North Oklahoma that uh, kind of help the ministry happen and make it work. And so I'm just running with them and just loving on them, serving them, uh, helping them do FCA. So are there any schools that have ever not allowed you on campus? Not really in Oklahoma. I mean, we're in the buckle of the Bible belt, as you can imagine. Yeah. And it's real. I mean, if you look back at the history of FCA, it was founded here in Oklahoma, um, you know, in Stillwater with the coach, Don McClannan, uh, that, that had the dream or vision back in the 50s to start FCA. And so we are just, it's such a strong legacy and a tradition. Now we have to, you know, you have to follow administrative guidelines and you've got to make sure that you get the blessing of the school administration and the principals and but with the freedom of choice, I mean, we're able to do that. Um, and Oklahoma's really uh, awesome and uh, just allowing that. And, you, you know, there are some hoops kind of you got to jump through legal, you know, issues. But when, it, when a student athlete or whatever, if it's a, a free choice for them to come, they're allowed to come and they're allowed to attend an FCA meeting on campus. And all of our schools, almost all of them are what they call an open campus. So if there's any club, whether it's a, you know English or history club or whatever, German club, FCA is allowed. So, so for people that don't know, FCA is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Correct. And, yep. and, and then what do you guys do at the school? Because, you know, here in Texas, um, I, I mean. I bet you had it at Knox City. Did you not have it at yes, Knox City? Yes, yes, we had it. But for people that don't, that might not be familiar with FCA, explain yeah. what it is and what you guys do. It, it, it's now uh, what we're, you know, we call the world's largest sports ministry. So it's a sports-based ministry. We use the platform of athletes and coaches to share the gospel. And so on a campus, uh, you know, we have what we call campus ministry. So most of those groups are called huddles. And the old, you know, we've used that word since you know, 1954 is when FCA began and uh, became, became incorporated. And we've used the word huddles. 
to describe what we do on campus. And so it's an in-school, basically a Bible club mm -hmm. that meets about half an hour to 45 minutes, either before school, during school, or after school, um, utilizing a coach or a teacher that, that wants to, to host it. And then it's really student-led. So the students, you know, grab a hold of it and take it and run with it. And we just, as a staff person, you come and engage them. You equip them. I mean, I'm bringing the Bibles, the, the resources, everything that they need to host that meeting on campus. And so now some schools don't allow that, but they'll meet, you know, after school right there. I mean, we have meetings that happen in parking lots at the, you know, at the football fields. You know, it just depends. Every campus is different sometimes. So does that help you? Does that yeah. make sense? No, the, that makes, yeah. The makes sad sense. thing is, is to think that we have schools that don't want you to have Bibles at school. That just, that, that amazes me. Yeah, you know, it, they pass it, them out in prison. Maybe they should pass them out in high schools and we wouldn't have as many people in prison. Right. You're exactly right. And that's one of my go. I mean, that's one of my whys, you know, you always wake up and go, why am I doing what I do? Well, I want to make a difference and I want to see kids impacted and, and I want them, you know, not only spiritually and internally, but also morally mm -hmm. and character, you know, and that's found from the, the word of God. And you, you know, you, they'll find what they're looking for if, you, if you'll just seek it and look, you know, look in the, in the word. So, and we hand out, a we still hand out a ton of Bibles, um, uh, in my region, we we up in North Oklahoma, we handed out almost five thousand Bibles last year, FCA Bibles. So, That's great. Now, uh, if you're not an athlete, could you come to one of these yeah. meetings? It's not exclusive yeah. to. Yep, you're exactly right, and that's a big question that we get asked all the time: is is it all only athletes only or inclusive? And and we're not, and it never has been. I mean, people think with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, well, that's how this thing was founded. But everybody's welcome and invited, and we have some schools that there's more band students that are coming than athletes or they're, you know, general, you know, there's drama kids, there's, you know, orchestra kids, whatever. So it's it, most of the time because of the history and tradition, it's become the go-to in school ministry that people are familiar with. We want it here. It's popular. And then they'll just, and plus, you know, we've had the longstanding legacy of it and we have the legal side down to a pat, you know, just very well. And so that's who they trust. And they call, I mean, our phone rings off the hook and I figured you guys would probably ask me about, well, how'd you navigate the COVID and the pandemic? And man, we never stopped because sports didn't stop, you know, athletics didn't stop. And they, the coaches still called us. And, hey, we're not having school, but we're having practice today. Can you guys come out? Can you do a devotional? Can you do a chapel? Can you do something for my team that will you know, keep them in line or keep them focused? And, man, our staff, it's like we never stopped. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. And, you know, what's sad about COVID is a lot of kids have just fallen off the radar. Oh, it's going to be. We're, I mean, we they don't just know. slip through the cracks and nobody knows yep. where they are. Yep, you're exactly right. Um, and I think we're going to see some long-standing uh, problems and results down the line. And anywho, you know that's that's something that hasn't changed either. There's a lot of places kids still really are not back to normal school-wise. In Texas, we've been fortunate enough. Our kids have gone, went to school all of last year, and they've went yep. this year. We were, yep. I think, we were in Michigan or somewhere. Anyways, we were somewhere. Me and Michelle or the family or somewhere we were on vacation, and they were talking about their their kids hadn't been to school in like 18 months. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, a mighty. Wasn't just, that, that, did you guys, did Knox City ever close down? Yes. yes. They, in 2020, just, we did, we, we went to spring break and then that was it for, yeah. 
Was it 2020? Was yeah, it 2019. We went. We were closed for March, April, and May, three months. Yeah. But then the next school year, you started that September. You guys started. Yes. And yes. then pretty much stayed in. We shut See, down I, for two weeks in the in October, October. September, October. We had yep. an outbreak in the school, and yep. then after that, we've been open ever since. And we've got kids with it now in our school system, and we just those kids stay home. Yep, exactly. We're and not, that's probably what the policy should have been, but. You know, we had the same thing. I noticed I took over all of North Oklahoma about the time the pandemic started and or just before that. And Western Oklahoma from I-35 West, never they never closed. Mm -hmm. Let's just I'm just they kept functioning, kept doing life and kept schools open. Now, over here in Tulsa and, and Oklahoma City, man, they closed it all up. And, you know, Tulsa Public Schools didn't start until after spring break last year, April. So. We, you know, we just had to figure out how we were going to navigate that environment uh, with those schools. But, you know, Western Oklahoma, the, the Panhandle group, man, they 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 didn't know what it was to be closed. You know, <laughs> we're, we're trying to learn how to do things on Zoom and virtual learning and all that. And not the, not everybody on the west side of the state. If we so, took yeah. politics out of this and just did it just on common sense, everybody and everything would be open in our country right now. They would tell people yep. if you're sick, you go home. And you stay yeah. home, but that's yeah. it. But we're, we're the, the driving force in this is not about the people or the kids, because these kids are never going to recover. A lot of them, you no, can't. It's tough you, result. Yeah, I mean, especially these kids that are really young, that are uh, five to ten years old. You take two years of them being in a classroom out of it, and th th they're way behind because most of the parents don't want to homeschool their kids. And I would be one of those kids, parents. No. But my yeah. kid, I would make him get an education. There's a lot of parents don't care. Yep. That's the sad part about it. So my wife, she's a lifetime educator. She's a four-year-old, you know, pre-K pre teacher. Bless and now she's heart. a teacher. Yeah, I know. Uh, I go watch her. I'm like, who is that woman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she does it, you know. But anyway, um, boy, it's been a, a really tough go for them because of the masks and the, you know, it just, you know, her facility about part-time has been, you know, mask and trying to keep masks on kids. How awful is that? You know, so, but they're over that pretty much now, but now we have these different COVID protocols or whatever of, you know, how you've got to, to, uh, you know, just stay away for 10 days or five days, something like that. So it's a little bit different than it was 18 months ago. So coaches will contact you and say, Hey, uh, can you come out here and give my team a devotional? Or All the time. That's all we did. Yeah. And, and, and then, so how far, like if they call that, you, is that, is it, are, do you have like a radius of where you'll go? Or if they're in Western well, Oklahoma, do you call somebody and like, Hey, Guyman right. wants somebody. We yeah. have a, we have a program that we FCA has a character coach program. We're looking for volunteers. We're looking for, uh, lay, let's say a lay, uh, lay coach or lay pastor or a student pastor, somebody, Hey, do you want to help us get in, you know, with these schools? And we have a program, we have a background check. We do all of that to, to let, you know, volunteers go because the, the need is huge and the call and the, you know, I mean, we get calls, like I said, all the time. So, um, and we no, we, our staff, like I said, we have 11, uh, here in North Oklahoma and they have about a 45 to about an hour radius that they can, they can, you know, make it to, and you just got to juggle that schedule. And then if you can find volunteers to help you. So and that we're, we're a huge volunteer based ministry. In fact, you know, 90% of what we do is volunteer based. Right. So, um, in fact, 
coach, that coach that's in the school, if he's hosting FCA, he's a volunteer. We're just giving him the resources to do it. So my question is, is how does this make money? Is it uh, donations? How do we? Yeah, donations and gifts in kind. And, you know, we have to raise our support. And so uh, we, we work on raising our support as individual staff. Each, each staff guy or gal has a budget. And uh, they train us how to fundraise. It's basically like we're in a really great situation with Oklahoma with the just like I said, the history and people that have been impacted by this ministry. They want to give back to it. And so I'd say 80 percent of our funding comes from from men and women that were involved in FCA when they were in high school. They under, start to understand the need. We're asking for the help. And uh, we're just trying to build our monthly support that way. And we have a few co companies and corporations and churches that help. So it's all that, all those combined. And, um, you know, especially right here, like I said, in the buckle of the Bible Belt, people understand how important that need is. And, you know, our funding never, never really dipped at all in the, in the last 18 months. And people are like, hey, we want you to keep doing what you're doing. So yeah. we're, we're blessed, blessed big time by that. So if somebody like me wanted to buy a hundred Bibles for you, how do we do that? Uh, you just can, we can, I can give you a link to my site or, well, our, um, you know, our funding, you know, my funding link or whatever, you know, and then we'll just set up a, uh, a way to do that. I mean, it's pretty easy, pretty well, simple. I, I would like to buy a hundred Bibles for you guys. Well, that's great. That's huge. So that's fantastic and that would that would bless some kids i'll tell you that and it's amazing you know we did a camp this summer here in owasso oklahoma and there was 550 kids that came and we thought well should we get bibles for all these kids because you know they're all on their phones now yeah and you know they and um but i went and raised the money to 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 get those bibles and they're about 10 bucks each so i had to raise about five grand for those Bibles. but it was it's pretty easy ask let me just tell you and uh, we gave those Bibles out, and then kids loved it. I mean, they loved having them. And then I was at an event about a month later, and one of the head coaches from an Oklahoma City school that was there brought had the Bible in his hand, and he came up to me and he said, "Dude, thank you for giving all our kids these Bibles." Now, now he said, "What what should we do with this?" And I, you know, FCA Bible has all these devotionals and these topics, and you know, you know, for kids dealing with, you know anything from loneliness or an injury or something. And you can, Hey, go through these with this, your team and it'll build your teamwork and your team unity. And he's like, man, that's all I needed to hear. But it was one of those rewarding opportunities where I went, Oh man, I'm glad we, cause we almost pulled the trigger or pulled, pulled the plug on it and said, we're not, we are not going to, I'm not raising five. You know, these kids aren't going to want these Bibles. Right. They, they loved them. So it's still relevant. You know, and that was one of those cool deals. I think that's better than having. You still want to buy $100 now? You know they're $10 a pop? I'm going to buy 100 Bibles for you. You might just want to do 50 now. You'll do whatever no. you want, Jeff. I'm hey, going to do, do 100 Bibles. <laughs> no. Let me, we'll back off of that. Man. No, want, no, I'm no. I'm painting you in a corner, dude. No, I am. I'm, I'm painting them in that corner. I'm telling you right now that I'm going to buy 100 Bibles. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. And no problems at all with that. You know. You know I didn't ask you to do that. No, 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 no. I like to do it. My heart wants to do that. I like to help people, and I love to help kids. And um, I, I'm my life. I've been very blessed in my life. I don't have a whole lot of money in the bank because my wife spends a lot of it, and yep. we spend a lot, and I spend a lot. But I try to bless people if I can, and I've been pretty fortunate. I'm going to buy a hundred Bibles. But you know, you're talking about the phone and the Bible. Last time I was in church, and I don't go to the church all the time, and my 
my preacher Tex listens to this all the time, and he's the I know. I've, I've kept up yeah. with him too. Tex, Tex loves to stir the crap up with me I all the time. But last time I was in church, there's a lady had her phone, and she's looking at her phone. I told Michelle, I said, "Look at her on that damn phone over there." Michelle goes, "You don't know, don't judge." I said, "That's bull crap." I said, That's, "That is disrespectful." I said, "I think I'm going to say something." She goes, "Don't you say something?" So I said something to text about it. He goes, "Oh yeah, she she keeps up with the sermon that way." I was like, "Who? I'm glad I didn't say nothing." <laughs> I'm glad you didn't either. <laughs> uh, I was with one of our staff guys uh, about a year ago at a luncheon, and this guy was preaching the word, man. And my dude was my staff guy was on his phone. Well, I knew my staff guy's taking note. He was taking notes on his phone, and we had a guy come up to him. And say, hey, young man, you need to put your phone away when you, when when there's a speaker. And my my staff guy looked at him and said, showed him the notes. He said, sir, I got all the notes and the verses that he shared and everything. <laughs> and it was this humbling moment. And I you know put my arm around my guy after that. And I said, good job. I said, you want to lose your cool, didn't you? You know, he's like, man. And, but it was one of you know the older generation like you, Jeff, or myself. We don't know, but they're on their phones in good purpose most of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that, that that's true, and I learned. And that's how, like, if, if we do a Sunday school or something, I I do it on my phone because it's easier for me. Good. I can just the reference verse. I can just type in what the reference yep. verse is, and it pulls right up. I don't have to thumb through pages and get lost and have to go back and forth. So, right. I'm a and judgmental then, guy, though. I'm a <laughs> I'm a bad Christian because I judge you, people. You think people are doing the worst all the time, and I've told Tex that many times because me and him have had some conversations about some people in town, and I told Tex, I said, "You're a preacher. You find the good in everybody." I see the reality in everybody. You know, there's a lot of turds out there. Yeah, but, no doubt. But, but that's why he's a preacher. And my heart goes out to, and, and this is truly how I feel, people that are, you find a preacher in a small town that doesn't make much money, and that's a godly man right there. That's unbelievable. You know, I have a time. Yeah, I have a hard time with Joel Osteen or yeah. uh, Cephalo Millionaire. What's that guy's name? Yeah, I just. Dollar Cephalo or whoever it is. I just talked to a lady about him the other day. I was like, I don't know, man. You know, he got him a private jet and everything. I don't know. You know, so he ain't, he ain't no different than a Kansas City pimp. I'm telling uh, you right now, when you're flying around in a private jet <laughs> and you're and you're preaching the gospel, flying around in a fifty million dollar jet wearing ten thousand dollar gators, mm -mm. I that's, don't know. That's you that's know. that's I don't. I I just have a real issue with these big time ministers doing this stuff. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for a small town minister, I and I'm too. not saying big ones aren't good. I just it's no, I agree. It's just they come across uh, as salesmen. Yeah, and that's the great thing about what we do in my work with FCA is you know about seventy percent of our schools are rural schools. I mean, you leave Tulsa in fifteen twenty miles, and you're in a small town. You know, Coweta, like, I, and you walk in there, and you're a rock star, and they're thankful that you came by. What do you need? What can we do for you? And that small town pastor, that student leader, man. They're, they are very, very needed. I mean, they, they, we need those guys and gals. So it takes us, like you said, man, it's, that's a calling and it, uh, it's not getting any easier. No. And it's really, it's, it's an amazing deal. Well, you're not very far from Arkansas, are you? No. In fact, I better uh, let you know before you start cutting on my wife from Fayetteville. So uh, she got all her teeth. She does <laughs> wear shoes about half the time. <laughs> They're not blood related. I'm trying to think of all the other jokes I've heard. But, it's not your but, third cousin. It's the second. That's right. Exactly. So, uh, but I met her at the university of Tulsa, but uh, you know, she's uh, tried and true razorback. So she 
was Wu Pikachu in this weekend? Oh, I bet she was. Boy, that was a pretty bad day for Texas. Jeff was gonna oh, put uh, Jeff was gonna put some money down on. Yeah, I was lucky. I was gonna text Asher Tolliver, my friend, and right. talk shit to him and get him to bet with me. And I'm so glad I got busy until after the game started. Yeah. And then after the game started, I thought, boy, I sure it opened up a can of worms. I'm not gonna hear that, Dev. And that's yeah. my main reason to jack with people from Arkansas because Asher. Asher always wants to talk a lot of shit. I so, get it. And so I'm close enough. Of course, my wife and a lot of her family's from Arkansas. I've been over there enough. And so I've hunted over there four or five times. So uh anyway. It's a it's a great place, but and my grandparents lived in Bella Vista forever. They retired from sure. Kansas City and moved retired. there. Yeah, played golf retired. played golf there many times when I was a kid. It's a great place, but the difference between Oklahoma City and I mean Oklahoma and Arkansas is electricity, and that's about it. <laughs> I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. So uh, you're right. What, so what a dick. <laughs> you you don't hey you you can get some people uh, riled up at you on this uh, podcast here and there, but we do every time. It doesn't matter if we talked about baby Jesus. Someone is going to have something to say to us about anything we do or any guest we have. Well, in all fairness, we did say he was born in Jerusalem. Yeah, we did screw that all up. <laughs> but yeah, I bet you got them all out of the woodwork then. Oh, it, anything we have, but we did. I did screw up baby Jesus where he was born at. <laughs> but right. it don't matter what we say. But people don't realize we don't have a script. We just talk. We don't know what we're gonna when we get down. I don't have cliff notes, you yep. know, where we're gonna go over this or an outline. We just talk and wherever we leave and lead, and so a lot of it's just on our what we know about and what we don't. Thank God, and me and Andy both read a lot. Well. You guys do a great job, and it's what you've created. And I think that's why you have the following and the listeners and the brand that you have is because you just you are who you are, and you you just wing it and you just tell it like it is. So good yeah. stuff. So that caught my attention. I mean, I I googled or searched public duck hunting, and I'm like, oh, and these guys are getting about every week or so we're getting public duck hunters, and those are the first ones I started listening to. Okay, this guy's from here. This guy's from here. And uh, that's what got me on. And then, then I saw guys like Ted Nugent and Bill Dance, and you know, then I heard you know about your dad, and started. I went back and listened to the Ron, you know, all his stuff. And so, anyway, it was you got me hooked after that. Well, we we appreciate that. Let me ask you this: We're going to talk public duck hunting because I do want to talk yeah. about that. Sam. Let's talk about scouting. How do you mm-hmm. keep you're hunting public water? What keeps some yahoo from being at two o'clock in the morning where you're wanting to go at three o'clock in the morning? They're doing it all the time. What do I mean, you do? You got, well, sometimes you you got to decide. You got to make a decision. Am I staying the night here? Uh, is it worth staying the night? Now, like I said, what you need to know about me, we're grinders. I mean, we're this is all we do. My and I say we, it's a family thing. My dad, my brother, a couple of his coworkers, and my kids. Now, I've got two of my four boys are in it pretty thick. So, we've got two boats right now that are going or getting a third so you got to stay on the scout and go looking for them and then you got to decide now we have you know 40 years of experience plus you know the other guys that are involved so you're looking at a set of ducks and watching them and do we you know what how what's the numbers like what do you think the pressure is going to be like we've done it so long we know okay this is where a lot of guys are going to try to get to or they're not going to try to get to and sometimes you do get beat and sometimes you take one on the chin, but then, you know, we're very, we're very competitive. So we will stay the night if we think we have to stay the night. So, but we don't like to all the time. 
and then we try to hide birds. I mean, we'll we'll try to keep birds. You know, we'll let birds rest if we can. And we used to, you, you we used to be able to do that big time. You know, even a decade ago, you could let two or three holes rest and then come back and hunt them once a week or twice a week. You can't do that anymore. The the public pressure. It's not that we've gained more hunters. It's a style of hunters, and it's it's the way that they're scouting. It's the way that it's the out of staters now. It's the they're here for a week. They're they're hunting from ding to dong, from sun up to sundown. They're not letting these birds rest. And it, the game has changed radically in the last five years for sure, but about ten. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma is like the spot to go now. And yeah, I had a, it, I had a guy message me. Uh, I'm gonna say two weeks ago, and he asked me. He said, "Hey, I know that he said I, I want to pick your brain for a minute if I can." I said, "Yeah, what can I help you with?" He goes, "Public hunting in Oklahoma. Where would you go?" And the first thing I said is you need to contact Dallas Barber and tell him you want to go with him, but I didn't want Fort to go to Dallas and tell yeah. you to go to Fort Cobb. No, I told him, I said, listen, this is my, my recommendation is don't go to Oklahoma. I said, my recommendation is to go to Eastern Colorado, somewhere like yep. that, go out of okay. a place, find a place on the map where there's no cities within a hundred miles and you got a chance to maybe find some public places to go. I said, yep. but if you think you're going to go between Oklahoma and Tulsa to Joplin and get on a place and find a place to hunt, I said, it's going to take a couple of days of scouting. And then there's no guarantee someone's not going to be hunting ever because everybody hunts that area now. Now they do. Yeah. Huh? It's changed so much. I, I mean, you wouldn't believe some of the stupid stuff I do. I mean, I keep a spreadsheet of vehicles. I keep uh, uh, a log. I journal. I got 16, 18 journals. I've journaled for all 40 years of my hunts. So That's awesome. I've got, I've got knowledge from years. My kid, I did it for my kid. There's two reasons I did it, but I used to argue with one of my number one hunting buddies where the best places were. And I'm like, I'm going to start keeping stats. You know, we're going <laughs> to, I'm a stat guy. Okay. This spot sucks, but this spot's better. And, uh, I, that's why I started in a little spiral notebook and I'm like, okay, your spot, you keep telling me we need to go there. Well, we're not killing as many birds there as we're killing over here. And so, and then, um, we, we've always had out of state pressure, but the pressure's changed in the last, like I said, eight to 10 years of now guys are, are, they're coming for weeks at a time in Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma's got a lot of publicity now. And I mean, we used to be that hidden gem and, you know, I tell this story all the time. I went to Stuttgart when it was in its prime in the nineties, eighties and nineties. And I'd kill 15 birds over there in Bayou Meta or whatever. And I drive home and I go, those 15 birds look exactly the same as the 15 that are in my boat here in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And why am I going over there freaking rubbing paint and, you know, racing down these boat lanes with these dudes where I got what's pretty nice here. So anyway, Oklahoma's gotten a lot of publicity in the last five years or so. And, um, I've seen the pressure just big time increase and it's okay. I mean, I've, I've, I've battled guys all my career. I mean, Iowa and I used to have Iowa and Illinois guys here all the time. And now it's mainly Texas. I've got South Carolina. I mean, I've got 20, 20, uh, tag numbers from south carolina guys that have been here for three or four years so, so anyway you take the tags down to see if they come back or yeah you... just kind of, well there are two reasons you know of course me being on staff with fca for a long long time i've had i've had some confrontations and i've had uh uh i've had my car broke into lots of times and tires slashed and you know if there's three vehicles i want to know who they are and, and then you know if you do have a confrontation then you know what what we've learned 
the last two or three seasons especially is because my kids are involved now and my kids are running with me too and i'm like hey stay out of their hair stay away from them let's go further let's go a lot further away so anyway you're right um but so anyway i don't know where all we were headed with that question but um but you've had your tires slashed in your professional job or when you've been out hunting you know, some of these boat ramps, like two or three of our spots are just a ditch. I mean, you're, there's not concrete, there's not gravel, gravel. You're just throwing your boat off the side of the road on a, some back county line road. And there's only room for two or three people or two or three rigs. And if you're the guy there and they think you're blocking the blocking the access, well, they're going to cut your tires. They're going to, I mean, I've, we just stopped leaving. You just don't leave anything in your truck in your car at all you know and we have a couple beaters that we drive i mean i had a 94 suburban that i drove until the wheels rolled off of it and um we just i never kept anything in it and they broke the window out which they did a couple times well you know anyway that's it's just crazy it's crazy that they do that now there's two or three spots access spots down on weber's falls and so you know there's some places that people just tell you hey don't leave a vehicle here Jeez. So, that is yeah. nuts, though. Andy, you would love it. You'd, no. you'd be turning inside out every morning. Oh. Every every freaking morning. Yeah, he, he wouldn't would be, be no fun to be around. Oh, no, he stress, You're stressing on your lease stuff, and you're, uh, I listen to I your do. stuff. I'm like, man, you would not make it up here, bro. We I don't do. have any stress in Texas at all on our stuff. None. Mm-hmm. The stress is on me scouting if I've got a daily somewhere. Yeah. And but that's all taken care of. I mean, we we have an easy network here, and even in Oklahoma now, where we run all of our duck hunting at, it's yeah. not hard at all. But I can tell you this: Oklahoma, between in, that area west of Hobart where we hunt at, and north yep. of there, yeah, you can go down a dirt road and there's birds flying, and I'm liable to see ten or fifteen different trucks now. It used to not be yeah. like that at all. You did nope. I was going to ask you. I mean. Did you guys ever get in on the Fort Cobb stuff and the no. peanut, peanut no. field? No, I went up and looked at it, and we were going to lease some property up there, and I'm glad it's I never got involved with that. Uh, I just it's, – it's just I don't want to play that rat race. That's the same as Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock's the same way. Yeah. Um, it's the same. I mean, it's changed a ton. I, I have a couple guys that are guides up in St. Joseph and, and up in Missouri, St. Louis area outside of St. Louis. And they, they come down to Oklahoma west of I-35, down by Altus and Lawton. And um, and they they guide down there for the last month. Of the, you know, they're closed Christmas, you know, after the first of the year they're right. coming to Oklahoma. And, but it's changed for those guys, you know. Yeah, seven years ago around Hobart, we were the only people in town. We were right. only people hunting. There was people hunting there, but nobody else was guiding, really. It was just right. us. And, man, it was easy. Right. I'd find a field to hunt, and I could call it. And we could set yeah. a field up and stuff. You can't do that now, hardly. We season lease all of our stuff up there, so we're in good shape. But, man, the, the rat race with a couple of them outfitters, and, and it's just it's every day. And I, I don't know how they sleep at night. I don't. Yeah. I'd be like Andy. That, you know, they don't have any safe spots to go that no matter if it rains or whatever to go to that they can make sure they can get some shooting. They're flying at the seat of their pants every day. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how you do it. I, you know, when I was out of college, I tried to do some of that uh, here locally on some public. And I'd sell some guided hunts and I'd do some auction hunts for FC, you know, because we do these sports auctions. I'm like, I'll do a two-day guided duck hunt for some guys. And oil and gas guys around here, I mean, they – 
they jump on it. And, you know, sometimes you look like a hero, but man, I couldn't sleep at night and I'm trying to hold these holes and, you know, just it got too much stress. I understand what you're saying. And I just got so stressed out. I hate, I hated hunting. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. So you can't do that on public ground. No, so. I, right. I got into, I got in the hunting business at the right time before social media was here. Yep. So you could establish yourself and have some things work out for you. And I got in at the right time and it's something I love to do. And I had a passion for it and I was very, been very blessed by it. Yep. But the oh, game yeah. has changed a ton since I've been right. in business. No, it, the public hunting game has changed so radically. It's almost hard to keep up. You better adapt or die. That's kind of our mentality. You better adapt or die. How are you going to adapt? And uh, it's caught some guys off guard. There's some guys that have thrown the towel in and say, I'm done. I can't hang with it. And like I said, our big mantra right now is let's just go further away, stay away from some of these high access points. And we, we keep trying to, and so far so good, but I don't know if it's going to hold up. I really don't. I mean, I'm scared about it, but, uh, so far, so good. We've been able to to stay out of the rat race. Some now we're always going to go back and check those hot spots. <laughs> I mean, I mean we've got. I mean, I've got a network of guys that we're running three boats or so, and someone's going after we finish our hunt. We're going to go look at two or three spots, and even if there's 15, 20, 25 cars there, we're running that river, or we're going to run that lake, and we're going to look. But for the most part, man, that pressure, it doesn't take long. I've listened to some of your podcasts where you bring these biologists on, and these dudes are spot on. The pressure has changed these birds radically. And I've seen it, and we've had to change our game. And I'm hunting 30 foot of water now. I'm hunting rivers that I've never hunted. I'm hunting bluffs where these, the ducks are going to these places where I've never seen them before in four or five years and now they're there and we we used to run past them we're like hey there's a thousand or there's 500 sitting over there mm -hmm. well let's keep going back to these buck brush flats or this flooded timber or this little cut and one day my brother about 10 years ago said screw it let's just hunt them let's try to hunt them we had like eight decoys that had 20 foot of line on them and that's all it would and we threw them out and i couldn't even get the boat hid fast enough and then freaking mallards were just piling in he had three birds down before I could even get the boat and get back there. He's like, dude, they're just coming right back. I'm like, well, hold on. You know? <laughs> don't, don't, don't shoot, shoot mine. You know? yeah. And so uh, we started doing And then next, you know, about two days later, I was running this river and I, I saw the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to pull over and try it. Sure enough, man, I couldn't even get the tarp over the boat. And I'm, you know, I'm killing birds. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Now let's. So now we're just, you know, and I don't mind sharing that. I mean, it's. You better adapt or you're going to die. You, you know, earlier, your Andy said the hunter numbers have, haven't changed any. Hey, they're gone down. Well, right. But the hunters we have now. Oh, they're a different breed. They oh. are. They're, they're, it's not Uncle Bill and his two, oh. you know, his nephews and his brother that are going out to the farm pond and throwing out six decoys and going to kill a couple of mallards or whatever it was, and that's it. The people that are yeah. hunting now are putting their time in. They're internet, they're internet scouting. They're, they're, they're looking up Instagram pictures of guys that are yep. do-it-yourself or seeing where they're at, yep. and they're looking for locations on pictures. So the birds that are being hunted are getting a lot more pressure and targeted and, on them, and there's places that there's birds that aren't getting hunted at all, though, probably. Yeah, no, that's what you're looking for, and that's what – and we're so blessed, and I was going to tell you, man, if you'll pull up Tulsa on your Google or what on your maps and you look at all those lakes that you just go 60 miles around Tulsa – and you see all the lakes. I mean, we got 12 or 13 major lakes, and there's a bunch of little city lakes. And that's, 
we got enough water to keep eyes on. We got we can't keep up with all of it. And that's the reason it's kept me here for 30 some years or what I mean I've had opportunities to go to Phoenix, Arizona and go to I had a job opportunity in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Who wouldn't want to go there, you know? But I have stayed here specifically for my family and my ducks. I mean these ducks. So, um and but we're so blessed with all this water around here, but you got to go find these little these backwater holes and there's enough out there you just got to stay stay looking for them well i'm jealous of you guys that hunt like you do i'm really jealous the guy that's on the that's on the duck camps man what? and duck clubs it's up in especially the upper midwest and out in the western states and they got these duck clubs and they've oh, had them in their family and that's i think man i would love if that that would be my choice. If I could change to anything at all, it would have been to do something like that. I love what I do and stuff, but I don't get a hunt no more, and I and I really yeah, miss I shooting some ducks. When's the last time you pulled the trigger? Um, two teal two teal seasons ago, probably. Yeah, I don't think I duck hunted. We didn't do. We do a family duck hunt. You I were, no, we you we did the last day of season with. Oh, Reese. We, yeah, we did go duck hunt. Our goose hunt. Me and Reese and Andy and Dad. No, Dad was dead. It was the year before, and I was gone that day. But we, we do some hunting. I mean, I do some fun hunts, and I like to shoot ducks, and if I can get on a good duck shoot, I'll go. It don't right. have to be a good duck shoot. If we're going to go shoot some mallards, it's not hard to do. I'm not, I, I don't have time to go do a big setup, and then I've got yeah. to leave and go scout. It's just a, no. a logistics thing if with were, me. If I were ever to come down there, and I'm going to come down there, but I'd, I'd get more joy out of riding around with you than going hunting. I don't need to pull another trigger, really. The, the passion for me right now is getting my kids out doing it and, you know, getting some of their friends out doing it, your younger, younger generation doing it, teaching them how we do it. But, but then scouting, I love, I mean, man, I can tell you, I'd, I'll be driving home after a scout and I'll be, I'll be more excited than c- killing them. I'm like, Ooh, I got, I'll call my buddy or my brother or my, I'm like, dude, I got them. I mean, I got them. We, I mean, that is real. That's my, that's what fills me up right now. And I, if I came down there, Jeff, I'd just hop in and we, I'd just love to go look and that you're, would be. You're welcome yeah. to do that this winter if you want to come right along. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have some, some uh, seat cushion stuffed up your ass because I drive fast <laughs> and I cover a lot of miles. But, I like it. But I do, I do that and I enjoy yeah. that. That's my, that's my passion is to find birds and watch them. And I see a lot yeah. of neat stuff. I do a lot of binocular watching in the morning. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. You, yeah. I agree. I have to, too. I do the same thing. So it's, that's the part of it right now that I really, really like. Now, you know, we put the work in and we put the, you know, I want to kill birds too. I mean, I'm not going out there just to bird watch. I mean, we're going to kill them. And I like killing limits. I mean, I want to kill six birds a person. So I'm not a mallard. We're not mallard purist. We're going to kill what the first six in, we're killing them. I mean, so. What's the most unusual I, duck you've shot? Most unusual. We shot a black duck in 2005, or 2010. And it was with a big, huge group of mallards. And it was a prize. A um, couple canvasbacks, maybe. I mean, we don't get those very. I know where we hunt, we don't get those. I mean, now I know where I can go watch them and see them, and you know, but that's about it. We, you know, we'll kill a few bluebill here and there, and then some ringnecks. I mean, obviously, we know the difference of all of them, but I think that black duck. I mean, we were on a big, heavy feed. And there were birds coming off of a what we call high protein feed, and they were coming to water, and it was just mixed in. And we, I've seen one other one. Uh, almost in the same area about a year or two later 
And me and my brother were sitting there on this oxbow and they came in and I said, I think that was a black duck. And he's like, why in the heck, man? why didn't you shoot it? And I'm like, I was too mesmerized. I was just, was, I mean, but, uh, we don't get those here very often. We've, we have never killed a black duck since I've been in business. The, the, the big cold snap in 82 or 83, I can't remember which year it was. Me and Tony were little and we hunted with my dad on a dairy and we killed a dozen or two that winter. But it was real. It was super, super, super cold, and I don't. We we shot a few of them. Uh, we've killed some Mexican ducks or mottled ducks, whatever you want to call them. We've killed. Yep. A, we kill a few of them here every year, but yep. we don't. We're, we're. You know what's really weird? And we shot. You shot a cinnamon teal today, didn't you, Andy? Mm-hmm. We've yeah, shot. Chad, I think Chad shot it. We've shot some cinnamon teal the last four or five years. We've shot cinnamon teal every year here. Now I said this the other day, and a guy calls me the next day. Hey, we want to book a hunt, and we want to shoot cinnamon teal. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. You're going to have to be the right guy at the right time, but we will kill a cinnamon teal probably again this year. Yeah. And how is, how's your teal holding up? I mean, I know you had them early. Have they stuck? Um, they're, they're getting thin. It's getting thin. <laughs> we need a yeah. front. We've hunted the last couple of days and, and, um, it's, it's kind of, you know, the best day was what? Saturday, I guess. Saturday Sunday. Or Sunday. Sunday. One of the days anyway, but, yeah. uh, you know, little bit of pressure in those little bastards they they start looking for other holes to sit on so we need some we need to front it looks like we're gonna get a front next wednesday yeah that's what they're talking about so well they stack they stack the teal up in louisiana i saw a guide service uh katie verbeau that was on the podcast with us she had some on instagram she said they killed 888 last weekend it's a bunch of hunters slammed them i know I had some buddies call from East Texas, and they're like, hey, we need some more guns. I'm like, I am not driving down to East Texas to shoot teal. You know, and like, we got, a, we'll kill a 20-man limit. And I'm like, man, I'm, but I don't know. I guess we just got that those fly through, you know, they flew through. And most of our lakes here are in such bad condition right now. We, water was high all summer. And so there was wasn't a grass, there wasn't vegetation, and then it fell, and now we're in a little bit. We're five and a half inches behind in rain, and now all you got is mud. Um, so I saw David Weaver and them killed a bunch of them this weekend. Yeah, where, where he was hunting. I think he's in the Panhandle, either in Oklahoma or Texas. They're but they sh- they they shot David shot a bunch this weekend too. If you've got, we've got them. We still have teal here. Our problem is is we've shot the same ones now. We need to if we if we can get a a, a cold front, we'll, our teal will replenish. We'll be great. But exactly. shit, it don't. We, I've got teal hunts again this weekend, and we're not supposed to have another cold front till next week. We thought we were going to get, the, and it didn't happen. And um, there's a little chance of rain here tonight, and then it's it's going to be hot until, like you said, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Now, hopefully, that'll bring you guys some some good stuff. So we, I hope so. And dove season is just it, it's worst dove season terrible. we've ever had by us far, too. by far. Us. Not even close to being even. I mean, if if you took us doing dove hunts for 25 years. And you ranked them one, two, three as the worst. This would be one, one A, one B, one C, one D, one E, one F. Because <laughs> there's nothing. There's we've never had a season comparable this bad ever. Us, us in Northeast Oklahoma either. And there's some guys that are killing them. Uh, but I went down to a ramp down on Eufaula, and I talked to a gal there that's running that place. And she said I have three parties of hunters that come. I can't remember where she. I think they're coming from Arkansas. She says they stay every year. They dove hunt down here for a week. They hunted two days and were gone. Yeah. And she said, that's never happened. And I said, it's because it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It, I mean, we tried and, and we killed a few, but nothing like, I mean, none of our group ever got a limit. So 
We we yeah. had guys. We've had we've had some afternoons, and we had a morning Sunday morning. Our guys done really well, but I've taken a lot of pictures. Michelle said something to me the other day. She goes, "You took you put pictures of red velvet cake up on Instagram the other day." I said, <laughs> "I said because they can come here and get them two pieces of cake if they want to. Hey, I don't know how many dove they're going to get." I was going to say that, Jeff. I said, I'm coming just for the red velvet cake. You need to keep putting those pictures up there. Those are, I liked it. We I feed saw, you very well here. and I can tell. And, 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 but, that's, but we don't ever put a bunch of dove pictures anyways up. That's not Because we don't do guided dove hunts. We take the guys and let them do the hunting on their own. But yeah. it's been a very unusual dove season. It's all started with no tornadoes. When I don't get on a bunch of tornadoes in the spring, that means we don't get a bunch of big runoff rains. And we have water here, but we're, our water's starting to be nervous here because yeah. it's been so dry for the last seven weeks. Us too. Exactly what's happened here. Yeah. We had more rain than we needed or wanted, you know. And I knew this summer, I'm like, yeah, the, these flats aren't going to have any vegetation on them. None of this stuff's going to grow. And I'm a strong believer with those biologists too, man. When that, you know, that smart weed and that barnyard weed and stuff grows, when that gets flooded, I've never seen ducks. Now I've hunted flooded corn and I've seen rice fields and I, but, and I get it, but man, when that natural vegetation gets flooded, it's stupid, you know, and we don't have that this year here. We've so, got a, North- we've, we've got a place we're fixing a flood. That's pretty, pretty awesome looking. We're going to see how it works, but it ought to be a duck hole and a half for this year down here in Texas. That's cool. But I, it's a new place, but it, it's got a lot of potential because it's got a lot of those grasses and stuff in it. When you yeah. see that old pink weed that's flooded. Hey, that's, you better get ready. That's right. <laughs> when you find that weed right there, uh, it's stupid. You're right. You're exactly right. You've done it enough to know. Just got to so. add ducks now. That's the. And winter. That's the, yeah. And I've heard you got, we need the weather. That's been a huge hindrance too. I mean. We can cry and complain about all these guys farming ducks, but it doesn't matter if you're not getting the weather. You no. know, cold, you know. My, so. my dad believed in the farmer's almanac. It didn't matter what it was saying there. If it said farmer's almanac on it, it was the truth. If if yep. Rush Limbaugh said it or if it was in the farmer's almanac, it was a gospel was, to my dad. And I hope the farmer's almanac is right because they say it's going to be a brutal cold winter. I just hope winter don't start in February. Let's bring it. Yeah, exactly. Like we had last year. That sucked, huh? I would love to have that in November. Oh, gosh. And I'm like you too, Jeff. I've heard you. I mean, the, the, you know, Oklahoma Wildlife Department's bumped our season back two weeks. And I can kill them. I can kill them. I was killing them in high school and college in October on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I'm like, screw dress. I'll dress up like a duck hunter and let's go duck hunting. I mean, and we were killing them mallards. And I could still, I could have killed them last year on November 1st. And now we're November 14th, 15th, and uh, I just I want to kill them early. When does it so, go to there? It goes to the end of January, last weekend of January. But there's a split. They cut that split down uh, to a week or five days, which I don't like either, but I can't complain to. I mean, we get the same amount of days. They just they wanted to streamline Oklahoma where we had for the longest time we had two different seasons. The first or excuse me, two different zones. So the western half of the state had a different and I think what they were getting was some guys that were traveling and then they were coming back on the west or east side of the state and, you know, claiming that they killed their ducks on, you know, or they were on the east side, claiming they killed their ducks on the west side that was still open. or And they're like, screw it, let's just get it all on one calendar and we're all going to open the same time and close the same time. And I don't like it. But I hated the split in Oklahoma because when we was hunting around, well, we still are, where we hunt up there, they used to shut down the, the Monday after Thanksgiving and then you would yep. lose out the first weekend in December. Yep. Well, then they cut it down to five, and I like that better. 
I would rather them start season November 14th and go all the way through and no splits at all because nope. 1st of December is really good. See, I st- we started depending on that split just to let them ducks rest and right. give them a little bit of a breather. And a lot of times, like you said, we'll get a nice push that first week of December, and then they'll stack up. And it just always seemed that second half opener was a banger. But uh, it's not that way. I mean, I agree with you on it. I can do it whatever if you give me – I still need a rest. I'm, the older I get, the more <laughs> days off I want. I'm like – Dude, this is crazy. I can't keep doing it like this. But uh, See, I got so. to go home for 10 days because I take care of our Oklahoma stuff, so I'm back and forth a lot. So for yeah. 10 days, I didn't have to worry about going up there. Now that we've switched to the other one, I kind of missed the old one because it was easier on me. Yeah. Because those yeah. first two weeks in December are, are as good as we get here too. Exactly. And and, and you're right, though. Since, that, since they've changed that split, the hunt in Oklahoma hasn't been as good. So were no. those ducks and geese dependent on that two weeks of nobody jacking with them? That might be the key to the whole thing. I think so a little bit, but that's me being selfish, and I want them to rest a little bit. You know, I just – and I want people to, you know, the, my thing is, I mean, I have my own definitions of stuff, but I mean, I need a pure scout. I don't want anybody else out there running around in a mud rig scaring these birds that I'm trying to look at, you know, and you, they just need a rest. And, you know, the mud rigs and the mud rig cray, that's they're loud engines. They, I mean, those birds move from that pressure. And now you got all these dudes, like we said, they're a different breed of hunters. And, they're out, they can get to places that we used to sneak a canoe in or a you know kayak or whatever. Man, they're running that rig right up in there now because they got it's a four wheel drive on water and with that pressure and the loud you know motors and at night and just those ducks have changed their patterns and I wanted them to get that rest you know give them two weeks just to catch a breath. Well, especially in Oklahoma because. When you get to western Oklahoma, Oklahoma's different in Texas in the size. Like in Texas, it's not unusual to find 20, 25,000 acre ranches. Most right. of the, and I'm not saying there's not some big ranches in Oklahoma because there are, but most places are a section of land and it's got two or three farmers on some of them. And then, the, but there's a lot more different people. So people are having access to more property. Those birds nope. never get a rest there. Nope. They don't. Nope. And, and maybe the two weeks, not the two week split is really has hurt Oklahoma hunting. I think it has, in my opinion, but, you know, I just, I see the difference and I see that, man, I can go out. I mean, like last year, I was telling the, the crew I was with on that second half open, these are the same dang birds doing the same dang thing. You know, when they get, they just get used up and they're skittish and they're doing, I mean, they hear that hail call and they're gone. I mean, they go straight up or, you know, and it's not like you're doing any, anyway, it's like, man, they just, they didn't get a rest. They didn't get a, a you know, anyway. So, but weather's the key too. You need, you always need fresh birds. If I can get a front every week, I'd be good. I'd be more than happy. I did see so. some video from uh, Canada. Uh, Brendan Hudson had some. I think he's in Canada. And he showed him shooting the shit out of the ducks in the fields. I'm thinking, boy, that looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> looks damn fun. You know, I, I've never done that. And I, I don't know if I'd like doing it, but um, I've, I've hunted geese in the field. And I've, you know, I've been a fat man in a layout, and that's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, but you can be a fat man in an A-frame without any waders on shooting ducks. I got some kids down by where down in Morris, and they're like, you know, they were talking about coming on these early goose hunts. I'm like, big man, don't get in a layout. Mm. And they're like, dude, we got an A-frame on it. Now, big man might get an A-frame. <laughs> oh, it's, it changed your world. You get me a bucket, and and I can stay up. I might do that. And they're like, "Come on, man! We they want me to come down there so bad, you know." So I might have to join them on the A-frame hunt. If you ever get on a dry land duck hunt and an A-frame, I had some coonasses here up in Oklahoma, and we hunted a a, a, 
a cowpea field and it had mesquite right. brush around it. And this guy right. looks at me and he goes, "Now you're seriously telling me we're going to shoot ducks right here?" He said, "You can't even." <laughs> he said, "You can't even see water." I said, "Just trust me." And I right. parked about a half a mile away from him. As soon yep. as, as I dropped Andy off, I turned around and parked. I wasn't parked five minutes, and the first three or four mallards fell right in, and they shot them at 15 feet. And they were done in 45 minutes. Really good hunt. We had winter that year and had a lot of ducks. That guy got my truck to go back to his truck. He goes, I never would have thought in my life we was going to shoot a damn duck. He said, I even texted my cousin and said, this old fat boy from Texas fixed to take my money for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he wasn't going to pull the trigger. Yeah, and I just it's 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 an amazing deal if you get a chance to do it. That's awesome, dude. I need to try it. I'm in. I mean, I'll give it a shot on that deal. So There's just no I'm just a, I'm just a water guy. I mean, I just I got so much water here, man. I mean, I just it's easy for a fat guy, and it's I mean, I can I, and I'll put. Now, there's been days where I put 40 and 50 miles of boat, uh, you know, nautical miles on my boat looking. So that's a he healthy scout. So riding in a boat in the winter does not sound fun. Uh, I got a big rig. I got a sea arc that's built for it. So, you know, I, I saved up all my life for the boat that I got and it's been awesome. So, <laughs> well, man, you sound like drives about it, but I'm like, honey, like you got grandkids, you got kids, grandkids. My dad's going, you know, my dad's 78, something like, you know, he, I, I use all those excuses to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well. the next investment you got to make is, uh, the shin gear waders. They can, uh, customize your top. I see that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very, very highly interested. And, uh, you know, so like, I'm, like I said, big guys got to have what fits and, uh, anyway but they do that's their big selling point is they can uh they can get your boot size what it needs to be but they can also customize your top that way you're not uh see my big deal is and jeff you might have the cat my calves are freaking bowling balls oh, so jeff does not have that problem no i got you're, you're i got runner i got runner ankles i was fast i was a big guy but i was fast so yeah yep. I, I know what you're talking about now you got the you got the big lineman legs i got them lineman legs and man getting them down those those sleeves of those legs, <laughs> man, they get stuck about right there where you need them to go a little bit further. It's like, man, this is going to be awful. So, <laughs> Well, I don't know if they can customize your calves, but I know they can customize. They might be able to. They I might, might get, a, you know, I've got a pair right now that uh, I'm going to work through another season or so. And then they're, they're, I'm going to look into the, the shin gear. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they're they're. They're good guys over there for sure. Yeah, I can I can tell. That good guys, good customer service. Well, man, you've been a great guest. I appreciate it very much. Man, get, thank you. Get with me on Instagram next day or two and send me any information where I can send you some money for Bibles. All I right? will. Hey, let me ask you your your kid Reese is yours, right, Andy? Yes. Reese and, and uh Jameson. Jameson, that's right. And Dylan, who's Dylan? That's Zach's. our granddaughter. That's Zach's daughter. That's our granddaughter. Okay, that's we have, Zach. We have two granddaughters. We have Dylan and Landon, and Landon is one and just just barely over one okay yeah. and that's okay, also zach's zach zach's through all the girls and then i've i've thrown the boys through all the boys yeah, yeah. see so. we're we're four boy family we couldn't figure the girl thing out so and it's been crazy but girls are expensive I, I know i see that i saw dylan's countdown and i'm like dude that is that is the best so she, she, she got the. She loves Shell a whole lot more than she does Judge. I can tell you that much, though. <laughs> well, that's okay, though. You hey, you win in those hearts. You oh. win in those. Hearts. Yeah, them kids break. They'll get anything out they of it they can. I know they got your heart too. Oh, and that's big what time. It's all about. You got you dudes are living the dream. Well, I, I, 
I do I appreciate tell. that very much. It means a lot to us. Uh, been very, very blessed in life. Very blessed. Well, I'm going to come down there. I'm just going to hang out. I don't. You don't need to show me anything. I got more than you can tell. You're, uh, you're welcome. Anytime I'm telling you, and I don't tell that to me. You haven't heard me invite anybody to come down and go scouting no, with have. me. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to come down and scout with me, you holler at me, and you're welcome here anytime. Amen. That's awesome. Well, it was great uh, connecting hey, with you. You bet. Thank you. Hey, God bless you, my friend. Take care. Have a great waterfowl season. Send me that stuff on them Bibles, and I'll see you this winter. Okay, man. Thank you guys so much. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right. Chris Kaiser. Very good guest. Very enjoyable. Really enjoyed him. Good guy. Does Hour a good thing. flew by. It did. That means it's a good podcast. When them ones, when I look over there and there's 15 minutes on the counter, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long, long 45 more minutes. No, he's done a great job. Very interesting. I hope he comes down. I'd like to ride around with him. I really enjoy having him. Yeah. He's he's a good dude. Yep, sounds like he's a uh, – sounds like he gets into him pretty good up there. Yep, so. they say he shoots a lot of ducks. That's what I was told. Really? That's yep. what they told you? Yep. I don't get people in here that aren't killers, Andy. This is a this is a podcast for killers. And you got the biggest one sitting next to you every time, Jeff. You Harry over here on the right? Or you mean you on the left here? Jeff. The killing machine, Andy Shaver. World famous killing machine, Andy Shaver. I need a good I need a good I need a good year. All right. Well, let's get off of here. Uh God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh we got a football pick 'em. This one's gonna come out on Friday though, won't it? The football pick 'em will already be yeah, out. Yeah, the will be out. All right. Thank y'all so much. God bless y'all. Have a great weekend. Okay. Like I was telling uh, Mr. Kaiser, go check out Shin Gear Waders. They can customize your top. So if you're a little heavier up top, they can uh, fix you up. Check out Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, Pacific Calls, Eyesight Drone Service, Bangtail Whiskey, Goose Creek Retrievers, Gun Dog Outdoors, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, and Stanford Hunt Outfitters.